Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. For the first time in 36 years, Formula One cars are back on track at Zandvoort. Friday at the Dutch Grand Prix, it saw the drivers tackling the remodeled track for the first time. However, hopes of familiarizing themselves were stifled slightly by the reduced running due to several red flags throughout the day. FP1 was severely interrupted after Sebastian Vettel suffered a suspected engine failure that brought out a lengthy red flag period, resulting in less than 25 minutes of green flag running. Sebastian Vettel pulled over at the pit exit and the German driver climbed out before returning to his car with a fire extinguisher, but both Vettel and the attending marshals appeared to struggle with the equipment, extinguisher liquid soon covering large parts of the AMR21's bodywork. A crane and several course cars arrived afterwards, but the Aston remained stranded on track for over 20 minutes as it remained in a live electrical state before team mechanics were brought out to the scene with additional equipment to safely assess the situation. It took a further 10 minutes before the car was finally craned away and with the scene cleared, the session only had 6 minutes remaining. Meanwhile, in FB2, red flags came out after six minutes when Lewis Hamilton reported a power loss due to an oil feed irregularity and was instructed to stop by his Mercedes team at the turn eight right-hander at the far side of the track. Hamilton's car was pushed into an escape road and the session resumed after an eight-minute delay, but the Brit would not resume and he was eventually knocked down to 11th. Mazepin created the second stoppage at the halfway point of the session when he lost the rear of his Haas on the entry to the 90-degree right of Turn 11 and beached the car in the gravel. Despite the limited running, the drivers managed to get times on the board with Lewis Hamilton fastest of FP1 followed by home hero Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz. In FP2, Charles Leclerc led a Ferrari 1-2 with Esteban Ocon in third. 
with Charles Leclerc the only driver to dip under the 1 minute 11 barrier, posting a 1 minute 10.9, a tenth and a half ahead of his teammate. I am joined by Jonathan Noble, Motorsports F1 editor, to discuss what we saw on track today. John, back at Zandvoort, are you looking forward to the weekend ahead? I am actually. I haven't. Um, I haven't looked forward to a kind of new track as much as this one for, for quite a while. I think the banked, the banked corners, and the way they've revamped this is they've not just brought it up to safety standards because you, you can do that with old tracks. You increase the runoffs and you can almost take away the character. They, they seem to have actually increased the character. Um, mm. And while the focus before the weekend was very much on the, the final banked corner, uh, I think actually turn three is potentially the scene of much more interest with varied lines it seems quite tricky it's been where that we've had crashes in formula three in w series in porsche uh, and i'm sure the f1 boys aren't going to get through there unscathed all weekend yeah that turn three is something very very different i was on the track yesterday and it is so steep the pictures and the footage really don't do justice to how steep it is it's yeah going to be an interesting one to watch out for this weekend and i have to say i'm absolutely loving it out here so far the air is beautiful the track just looks so cool like you said they've really really done something quite interesting with it and obviously the fans are incredible we knew that we'd have a sea of orange for max but like 7 30 a.m and they're already pouring in it's some real dedication for a friday (laughs) but as i mentioned we had limited track running today because of red flags so let's start by discussing what happened with both the sebastian vettel and lewis hamilton incidents Firstly, Vettel, it seems that it was an engine failure. Um, but then we had quite a long delay as the marshals, it was this strange setup where they were not able to set the step in and attempt to maneuver the car. Um, have we learned anything more about the engine failure? Obviously, he was back out in FP2. Is everything okay now? Yeah, you go you go for these phases each season because with, with teams limited to three power units for the season, what normally happens is power unit one will go in for the first six or seven races, um, will get replaced with power unit two, and then they'll go back to power unit one um, for as long as they can until it goes bang on a Friday. So they put it back in on Fridays to do all the, the extra mileage, which then keeps, you, you keep your freshest power unit for Saturdays and Sundays. And if you've got a pool of two or two kind of good race engines then you'll keep your freshest of all for the power tracks so that's why mercedes switched to power unit three for a lot of drivers in spa and they'll be back that number three will be used again monza next weekend most would be on two but vettel was already in a tricky situation had a failure at silverstone with an old unit so had been forced to switch on to power unit three anyway um and then had the failure this morning we don't know yet whether it's a a failure that means it's finished completely in which case he may need to take power unit four at some point because he'll now be on to power unit three, the, the last one of the season, or if it can be repaired. But um, I think it's fairly common that engines go bang on Fridays. The teams maximise the mileage they can and make sure um, when these failures happen, they happen on a Friday and not a Saturday or Sunday. And like I said, we saw him, we did see him back out in FP2 and he managed to come in 10th fastest there meanwhile teammate Lance Stroll came in p9 in fp1 and p14 in fp2 but what about Lewis Hamilton he was fastest in fp1 uh but then fp2 was of course just a complete write-off as he couldn't uh continue in the session what happened with his Mercedes there 
Yeah, just one of those niggling, niggling little problems. I've not, I haven't yet seen a full explanation from Mercedes in terms of what the problem was. There was some suspicion or some conspiracy theories that maybe the banking that we witnessed mm. here was was punishing the Mercedes. So there could have been a link between the Vettel failure and what happened to Lewis. But Mercedes have said categorically there doesn't seem to be any link between the two. The different, the, the problems were different. Lewis's wasn't a failure as such. Um, what normally happens is a problem will get highlighted on the computer systems, um, which will then tend to shut engines down. And um, Sometimes they shut down and you can get back to pits. Sometimes they shut down and you're left stranding on the track. Um, so I, just, I think it'll be more, uh, it's not a huge blow in terms of Lewis has lost an engine and it means grid penalties, but it is a, has put him and Mercedes a little bit on the back foot because having lost nearly 40 minutes of running this morning because of the Vettel red flag, um, obviously not getting much running this afternoon is far from ideal. And coming to this track, like you said, obviously they wanted to get as much running time as possible. Obviously, Lewis has really lost out today. Um, but how much of an impact do you think the red flag disruptions have had across the field? Because all of the drivers, you know, suffered in FP1. How much of an impact do you think that will have for the rest of the weekend? Yeah, you know, the t- teams all, I mean, it's, it's bad for the teams because, you know, they want as much running as possible and you get your long runs in and you understand fully what the tire deg's like and the perfect setup and you can do your experiments and get all your strategy sorted know exactly what's going to happen so when you lose time they don't get that um but what it does mean is it should in theory make it a bit more unpredictable because they've got to compress their workload they've got more question marks uncertainties about tire strategies and what's the way to go and tire preparation um so i think from what we've seen, we've I think we've seen red flags in every session today. From what I can, what I think, I don't think we've had a totally clean session today. Um, and I think it may be the theme of the weekend. I think it's just a track that um, punishes mistakes. It's old school in terms of the, there aren't acres of runoff, and it's also a narrow track that's very high speed. Um, whereas you know Monaco's narrow, um, but not many sections are as high speed and challenge and need the kind of levels of commitment that you need here especially out the back and one tiny mistake in one of these tracks with a narrow track and you're off into the gravel and maybe into the barriers yeah that's what quite a few of the drivers have said already uh it's very unforgiving in nature uh which of course will make it uh an interesting weekend but when the drivers did get back out in fp1 we saw them all queuing in the pit lane to get back on track and make the most of the last five minutes or so um and then we also saw a moment between lando norris and esteban ocon where they almost had contact it was a little bit close for comfort um and i think they got called to the stewards after is that correct do we know what's happened since that incident if there's been anything from it yeah they just gave ocon a warning uh okay. for it just for coming across i think think the think the, the theme of especially q1 tomorrow is going to be um traffic and drivers mm. tripping over each other it's a very short track i think it's the second shortest on the calendar um but what makes it more difficult um than the red bull ring and monaco in effect is more of its corners actually um so um trying to find gaps is very difficult there are a lot more blind um blind corners as well so you need supreme management of where things are at um we saw issues in the red bull ring this year when the drivers tried to agree to a not to overtake each other approaching that final complex of corners but I think it's going to be especially tricky here and drivers are trying to find what they also don't want to do is cool their tyres down too much here. 
So you need to ensure your your second half of the lap is fairly swift. So they're trying to build the piers, they're trying to build the gaps as they leave the pits. But what's going to happen is, so if you're first out of the pits, because people are quite slow leaving, it's by the time you come around and start your lap, there's a high chance you're going to come upon slow traffic that's just come out of the pits. So um, Fred Vasseur, the Alfa Romeo boss, said tonight he thinks Q1 is going to be a little bit messy. Uh, so I think that'll be the, one of the big themes tomorrow. And there's going to be some unhappy drivers complaining about uh, how it didn't work out for them. Okay, something to watch out for. I mean, even today, like you said, we saw the drivers struggling with the traffic. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it will rear its head again tomorrow. Um, and we saw the drivers trying to get to grips with the track, familiarising themselves. A few drivers having spins, Yuki Snowder in FP1, Nikita Maspin in FP2. Um, but let's actually turn our attention to the fastest drivers of the session today because we've left it a little later in the podcast to discuss them. Lewis, quickest in FP1, followed by Max and Carlos. So Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari. And then FP2 was led by the Ferraris. How much do you think we can read into the times today, given the limited running that we had? We know that on Fridays anyway, it's you know not wise to read too much into them. But given how little time on track we saw, do you think that they could be a little bit misleading? Yeah, I don't think we saw a, a fully representative picture of where everyone stacks up today. The, the red flags tended to come at bad times for a lot of drivers. So, the, you know, Max Verstappen was on a super fast lap when one of the red flags came out and that got wiped. Um, I think Daniel Ricciardo was another one who had a bit of bad luck in terms of the timings. So I don't think we've seen the full potential of everybody. I think, again, it looks like Mercedes and Red Bull look very fast. And it's a track that suits the Ferrari. Um, we've seen that car, if the track characteristics are in its favour, like Monaco was, like Baku was, and you know there's another high downforce venue here, Zandvoort, then that car is very, very, very quick. And in Charles Leclerc's hands, he's exceptionally quick. So I don't think... I'd be surprised if Ferrari are on pure pace terms fighting for pole with Red Bull and Mercedes tomorrow. But I think he'll be close enough to have a shot at the second row. And where do you think that the McLarens and Alpha Tauris will stack up against the Ferraris then? Probably, I think it's probably one of those weekends where just the Ferrari just has that edge in that, that midfield battle. Um, they just seem to be able to switch the tyres on much better here. Um, the car's very quick over a, a single lap. They don't seem to be as concerned with tyre graining and... Um, the tyres going off like they suffered with in France, front tyres going off that they suffered with in France. Um, so I think it looks like Ferrari and maybe even Alpine, because the Alpine's been quite good in recently in high downforce. I know Monaco was a bit of a struggle for them, but they seem to have got on top of that. So, um, you know, it could be, could be a bit of a shuffled round midfield. But McLaren have got this habit of appearing to struggle on Fridays, seeming to be okay. And then you see Lando Norris popping up there in the end of P3 or Q1 and he's uh, kind of blowing down the, the necks of the, the Mercedes and Red Bulls. So um, we shall see. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I mean, Lando was on has been in good form consistently this season, so we definitely can't count him out. 
I wanted to just quickly talk about uh, Sergio Perez because he was definitely not quite up there with his teammate today. I think he was P16 in FP1 and then he was P12, I think, in FP2. Um, Is that because his runs were disrupted or does it just look like this is a track that doesn't suit him potentially? I think it was a combination of things. The Red Bulls, both Red Bulls, didn't really find a a single lap pace setup that they were especially happy with. Um, Max was Max was complaining as well, saying they need some work to do just to lift that single lap pace. The long runs were brilliant. Um, I think the Red Bull looked strongest over the long run, but obviously we didn't see what Lewis could do because he was out of the session by the time they would he would have done his long runs. Um, so long run wise, it looks good short term which means confidence in tyres and switching the tyres on and getting the grip wasn't there and that's the area Sergio struggles with the most um, it's this single lap performance it's taking the tyre to the to the edge of its adhesion and grip getting all the tyres balanced um, making sure they don't overheat um, just that, that supreme careful management for that single lap pace which Max is so brilliant at is something that Sergio struggles with um, considering on Sundays he's a, he's a master at looking after tyres and making sure they don't overheat and they don't wear. But I think it's a kind of opposite problem he suffers with on Saturdays. And I think that's the, the, that was the manifestation we saw today. So a difficult day for Red Bull in terms of single lap pace, allied to Sergio's single lap struggles, have left him a bit on the back foot a little bit. And looking ahead to the weekend, what are you expecting in terms of tyre choices from the teams? Now, uh, Pirelli came with the hardest compounds possible here. Um, obviously, some concerns about the impact of the, the banking. Um, obviously, everyone in F1 is always mindful about the impact of banked corners after Indy 05. So um, they weren't going to take any risks. They've gone super hard on the compound, which is probably too conservative. So I think the teams are likely to be looking at using the what is called the softer the medium here, even though it's the harder end of the harder end of the range um, and then it'd be quite question of is the soft going to be good enough to allow a, a one stop or not so the soft appear to be going off a little bit today in terms of its peak performance after one lap um, but, it's, but that can sometimes happen that, that that peak disappears and it's only good for one lap in qualifying but drivers can eke it out much more in the race so I think especially if it is so difficult to overtake here um, you know a canny driver at the front of the field is able to look after the tyres and back everybody up um, at a pace that allows him to manage things, could hang on for that win. Okay, okay, that's an interesting one to keep an eye on as well then. Um, one thing that I did notice this weekend, or today shall I say, was the sand and the dust that the drivers were picking up and that was also over the track. Obviously we're right by a beach um, at the circuit. We've also got the gravel that the drivers have spoken of. How much of an issue do you think that um, the sand gravel runoffs could be? Do you think that will present any challenges for the drivers or is it something that they'll be able to um, you know, deal with quite, quite easily? I mean, obviously the gravel, just they're going to have to avoid going on it. But in terms of the sand and dust pick yeah, I noticed the, the the TV images this morning at the back of the circuit. You could see the the wind whipping the sand up um, along the track, which is kind of what sometimes see in Bahrain, but seems to be even more more so here. Um, it was quite a dirty track as well this morning. Um, I think the the perhaps the biggest difficulty in qualifying. I don't think they would allow things to continue much if there was gravel on the track, because um, obviously the driver doesn't want to come come around on a hot Q three lap and find. 
going into a flat-out bend that it's covered in gravel. So I think they would red flag it if too much was brought onto the track. But in the race, you could see a scenario where more gravel's getting thrown onto the circuit and things get quite difficult um, in terms of how that's affecting grip levels or um, even um, stones and stuff getting thrown onto front wings and bodywork and little chips and all this sort of thing. So I think there could be it could be quite a brutal weekend, not only for the the drivers in the physical sense because it's really tough, challenging track for them, but I think the cars themselves could take a bit of a battering as well this weekend. I'm really excited, uh, not because of the risk of damage, but <laughs> I'm just so excited that we're at a new track and it's so unpredictable for everyone i think it's going to shape up to be a really really exciting qualifying and hopefully race but looking ahead to qualifying final question what are your predictions bit of a difficult one because you know we don't have a we don't have experience here but i'm going to put you on the spot nonetheless well uh, my predictions are a q1 shock in terms of one of the big hitters is going to have a disaster in q1 um so it's going to be a bit of a bit of a chaotic q1 with traffic um, and someone's going to end up being very, very annoyed, so that won't be straightforward. Though I still think you'll get Lewis and Max on the front row. Um, I think I'd go for Lewis just because I think the car is still good over a single lap. Um, Red Bull's still not happy with its single lap performance. Um, so I'll go for Lewis for pole, Max second, and then a cheeky Leclerc for third. How does that sound? Yeah, Okay. Okay, I can see that. I can see <laughs> some very unhappy fans with a, a Lewis Hamilton uh, poll, but let's see how it plays out. I can definitely see Charles putting in a good one. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much for joining me. Lovely chatting as always. I can't wait for the rest of the weekend to unfold. I hope all of our listeners are looking forward to it too. And why don't our listeners head over to Autosport Plus right now to read some of the great articles that we have up there. Of course, the big news this week was that Kimi Raikkonen will be retiring at the end of this year. And Luke Smith has written about why the time is right for him to hang up his F1 helmet. And there's a piece on how mentor Sebastian Vettel is giving back to the Schumacher family. So head over to Autosport Plus, get subscribing and have a read of those fantastic articles. And we'll be back post-qualifying with another pod for you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air I was breathing was dangerous. Since coming home, I've watched friends get sick and struggle to get the support they deserve. But now, that's finally changing. We're eligible for new VA health care and benefits based on when and where we served. Even though I feel okay, I'm going to apply. For my sake and for my family. Learn more and apply today. Visit va.gov PACT. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis. And spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.